I'm Ryan Johnston and this is my story about getting covered in a nasty ass chemical. So probably back in 2009, I started working for Williams Midstream at that time. I grew up working for my dad uh, in the oil field. We did a lot of contract work for BP, um, Red Cedar, stuff like that, but nothing uh, what you'd call like hands-on in the actual petroleum business. We just did like building maintenance, uh, site maintenance, cleaning up, painting buildings, stuff like that. Just basically handyman stuff. Um, so that got me kind of started in the oil field. I did that since I was like 14. Uh, learned how to drive hot shotting trailer loads of pipe to location. My grandpa taught me how to drive a stick shift doing that. So, um, how old so, were you when you Fourteen. <laughs> he was in the passenger seat, so no, nah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, that kind of got me started there. And my dad had a a business. He actually started as a contract janitor uh, down in Farmington, actually at the building that I work at now. It was uh, Amico back then. Um, and the main dude went on vacation, or the the actual janitor went on vacation. And I guess my dad did a good job of like kicking ass and doing stuff that he didn't do usually. So they kept him around and, um, my sister had her accident, fell in a ditch and drowned when she was two. So he ended up getting transferred up here, uh, right after that to the Durango branch and, uh, started working there as a janitor and was doing good. And like anytime they needed something done around, he'd pick it up and do it. And, so basically they wanted to hire him on, but that wasn't uh, as much pay, I guess. It wasn't as lucrative. I guess he saw the, the ability to do something more with it. So he started his own business, um, and that's where I got my start doing all that. Um, and then about probably 2008, 2009, the oil industry took a big dip, took a crap. Excuse me. So basically he... Uh, his business folded up and I had been going to the fort studying English education for three years. Um, took a break and decided to just work for him cause he was paying me pretty well, but he could kind of see the writing on the wall. So he told me, he's like, Oh, you need to go finish your degree. He said, uh, if you go down to the school of energy, um, get your degree, that's like your foot in the door for any major oil company. And so all my credits transferred down there. All I had to do is take a certificate program and, <clears throat> um, I would get my degree. So I went in back then you had to interview to get in the school cause it was kind of hard to get into. It's not now, but so they asked me, there's two programs. I said, do you want to be a lease operator, which is basically a pumper or do you want to be a mechanic? <laughs> I told them, I was like, I want to be a lease operator. Yes. And they're like, why? And I said, cause mechanics work too hard. Lease operators just sit, <laughs> sit on their ass. So they put me in the mechanic program. <laughs> So I finished that, uh, got my degree and applied for Chevron, um, got hooked up there and they, they hired me on as a trainee, um, went to work there. There was kind of a technicality kind of thing. So I had to leave for a little bit, but the head boss was like, Hey, you know, we want you back. You got to go for six months, um, work somewhere else. And then, you know, I'll call you up, come back. We want you for sure. And it was paying really well. So that really sucked because it was not foreseen. It was a paperwork error that 
kind of screwed me. They they saw where I was coming from, but basically they considered it falsifying a document. And uh, they called me up and they're like, look, we get where you're coming from. It was a, a, court, or a court case that had happened, but it was getting dismissed. And I knew that. So on my background check, I didn't want to draw any attention to myself, so I didn't put it down. I didn't see that it said in small print anything charged against you or pending. So it showed up as pending, and they were like, oh, okay, we get it. And then like a month later, they were like, yeah, we consider that falsifying a document. So, so long story short, I went from a really good paying job. I had uh, two kids. Max had just been born, kind of broke, looking for work. Um, called Williams, and they were like, yeah, we've got a, a trainee position open. And I was like, sweet, I'll take it. So that was the plant over there by the airport. And it was cool. It was a good job. Um, didn't pay the greatest, but it was newer stuff that I hadn't dealt with before. Um, plant operations and stuff like that. So started working there, learning everything, and probably, when did I start there? It was probably like September, November. So we worked through, and plants never stop. They continually are just churning out a, pro a product. And you can isolate parts of them and do a little bit of maintenance. But basically, you put the major stuff off until they do what's called a turnaround or plant shutdown. And they just hold plants dead. for. They'll reroute the gas to other places, but they are shut down, and you do all your major maintenance there. So I was in charge of the aiming well, I wasn't in charge of it. I just did the maintenance on it. What happened was this plant was really, really old. Um, there's a lot of sketchy stuff in there. But these main compressors in A plant were called uh, TLA Clarks. And they were designed in like the 30s. And they had been in operation since like, I want to say 48 or 49 is what somebody told me. They were old school. And they, because they were so old school, they leaked a bunch. So they'd have this maintenance crew start on the, the PM on one and when it got done they'd go to two and they'd work all the way through number seven and by the time they got to number seven they'd go back to number one because it was already time for the maintenance again so these things are so old they used a lot of oil and i don't know how much you know about engines but a compressor is just an engine it's got pistons it smashes the gas they've got rings well these rings blow by with oil because you're lubricating it so much that oil gets entrained in the gas. The gas then goes to the rest of the system. Well, so I want to say one of the first things that it came in contact was was the, the amine plant. Amine is a uh, liquid chemical that they use, and it's been 12 years, so I want to say it was used for CO2 removal. I could be wrong, so if anybody's watching this and wants to correct me, call Jesse and chew his ass. Put it in the comments. Yeah, yeah. So basically this amine, um, gets entrained with a bunch of oil and you'd have to go out there and you'd uh, skim off the top, you'd open a valve and this aiming, if you could get it right, the oil would come out. Basically you're trying to catch, you know, three, four inches on this floating level. And if I remember right, you could control the level or whatever. And that's kind of where you would keep an eye on, but this stuff would come out you'd go to a pit and they'd suck it out and take it to a, a containment or whatever. Well, this aiming's like nasty. And one of the main, or not main, but one of the ingredients in it was called pepperzine or pepperdine or something like that. It's a really nasty carcinogen. <laughs> so for, fast forward, um, plant turnaround comes around. I'm still an intern. 
And the way Williams worked was they had a planner and he would come up with a job plan for the, the job that was supposed to happen. He'd handle isolation, he'd handle all this stuff. And I believe he'd hand it off for peer review basically to like one of the senior members of the staff. They'd look through it and make sure that he hadn't missed a step or anything. Um, so plant turnaround's coming up and they're, since I was the one who skimmed the oil and stuff like that, they're like, okay, you're gonna be in charge of this. So there's a contact tower, which is a bunch, of, it's just like a D-high for glycol, but there's a, it's a tower, it's got all these bubble trays in it, so liquid's being pumped through the top, it fills the trays, there's bubble caps in it that the gas flow through, flows through, so the gas gets mixed with the, the amine, and that way it can contact and absorb as much uh, CO2 as possible. So there's that tower, there's an intercooler that runs um, cool water back through the amine, and God, this is like 12, I should have thought through this before I did the thing. I think you've got to cool it back down. They do the same thing with glycol because it has a maximum absorption rate at a certain temperature. So basically, you're heating it up to get rid of the byproduct and you're cooling it back down to help it with its maximum absorption. But the water and the amine never mix. It's a bunch of tubes that flow through with the outer shell being the amine. And then, I want to say that was it. Yeah. But... So anyways, job plan comes up, and I'm freaking out. I've never had a plant turnaround before, like all kinds of cool stuff. They've got uh, a flare. You know, a flare is they light this thing, and basically in the event of an emergency, they can shoot the gas through it, and it keeps your greenhouse gases from escaping. Um, they do it for different reasons and different applications, but basically that's what it's for. That plant down the road. So if they blow that one dead, you'll see a flame shooting. If there's an issue with line pressure or something, you'll see it shooting. So anyways, plant day, uh, plant day comes up. Everyone's reviewed all the processes. Everyone's got it lined out. We've scheduled our jobs. I've got a crew coming to me, everything like that. And they set me up with what's called a frack tank. It's just a big old 400 barrel tank. They brought me a, uh, they call it a trash pump, but it's basically a uh, centrifugal pump. Yeah like an irrigation pump, uh, bring me some, we had them at the plant, three inch braided steel lines. Um, and basically the plan was, is we're going to shut the plant down. You take your amine, you blow it into this, cause this stuff's expensive. You're going to blow it in or pump it into this tank. And then your, uh, crew's going to come in and hydrolance the intercooler because you'll get buildup inside those tubes and you need to keep it clean. It's like doing a flush on your coolant system for your car, but they use a hydro lance. It's like a quarter inch hose with a head on it that has four jets shooting backwards and one that shoots forwards. They make different variations of them. Some of them spin and stuff like that. But basically what it does is it cleans and it propels itself through the tube because those face backwards. So you're supposed to go in and hydro lance each one of those. Um, so that was the plan, and I didn't know nothing about it. I, like I said, I'd been oil filled, but I hadn't been processed or anything like that. So they shut the plant down, blow the flare. I've never seen a bigger freaking fire in my life. That thing was, I mean, the main line coming into this station is 30 inches. That I don't even remember the pressure. I yeah, 30 inches. Wow. Yeah, it's gnarly. Like, it's cool experience, but still. Um, so there's a lot of pressure, 30 inches, and you've got that capacity all over the plant and everything like that. 
big ass flare. So once that gets done, they give the, the whole plant has walkie talkies like on the regular anyways, but they go give the okay, go clear, do your thing. So I follow the job plan and I go and hook up the steel hoses to the contact tower, take them over to the, the um, frack tank. Now this whole thing is inside a secondary containment, concrete basin. It's for spill control and everything like that. Um, and I had the trash pump set up on the edge of the secondary containment. And the frack tank is over in the gravel because they obviously can't set it there. So open my valves, apply my lockout tag out or whatever, kick on the uh, trash pump. I'm sitting there. All of a sudden I turn around and I look and there's this amine is spraying in the air and I'm panicking because I need this job really, really fucking bad. Uh, that's a really nasty chemical getting outside the secondary containment and I didn't know what the hell had happened. So I look and I was like, oh crap. So I just like instinctively panicked, grabbed the three inch hose and start just pulling this pump closer into the containment so that it's not spraying on the gravel anymore. And it's burning the shit out of my hands because it's at, if it's anything like glycol, glycol burn, uh, they burn glycol at like 375 to 400. So that thing was probably around 375 to 400. And like obviously wasn't as hot because it's got to go through those layers, but still I'm touching hot ass metal. Pulling this thing in, the spray stops hitting as much of the gravel and I haul ass over there and just killed the pump. It's just a toggle switch. And as I'm doing it, I noticed that pump that you, or the plug that you primed the pump with was uh, plastic. This shit's hot. It had melted that out. So kill the pump, stop it. There's aiming still flowing out of from hydrostatic pressure. So I go over and shut the contactor, haul ass over, shut the frack tank. I'm covered in this stuff. It's hot. It stinks. One of the guys on the radio was being a smart ass and was like, hey, uh, there's aiming spraying everywhere, just so you know. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Thanks. So I get it shut down and I call my... Uh, supervisor and he's like what the hell happened and I was like I, I don't know I follow the steps and then they started thinking they had done this job the year before but instead of just shutting the plant down and gas and everything they shut the system down for the amine so no more flame and then they continued to cycle the gas through it so it cooled the liquid down to a point where they didn't have to worry about that plug melting out so we figured it out uh I think we skipped that part. And then I went over to pump out the intercooler and uh, I start pumping and my brain was just frazzled. I'm still covered in this crap. Um, and there's... Is it like, like viscous, like we're talking like oil? Oil. What's it? Oil, oil sticky. Okay. Uh, okay. It's like, it's a lot like uh, glycol. Glycol's uh, yeah. coolant, yeah. just like antifreeze for your car. It's a lot like that. You know how it gets sticky if it gets on you? It's just nasty. Um, but I didn't want to, like, go home in the middle of These plant turnarounds, are they lose, God, it's ungodly amount of money. But it's a, it's a necessary evil. But each day they're shut down, they lose. And I'm sitting there like, I need this job, I need this job, I need this job. So I just worked through it. And uh, so I'm, my brain's frazzled. I'm pumping the liquid out of this intercooler into the frack tank so they can at least do that job. And uh, for some reason, I panicked and thought that I hadn't opened the 
vents on the top of the intercooler. And I was freaking out because I was like, liquid's coming out. It's causing a vacuum. Oh, God, what happens if it collapses this intercooler and I destroy it? I'm, I'm an idiot because a centrifugal pump doesn't draw a vacuum. It just is gravity fed. It's not a positive displacement pump. And even then, you still wouldn't draw a vacuum to crush an intercooler. But I was frazzled. I wasn't even thinking. I was just... So I haul ass up to the top of this where these vents are and open them up. It's still hot and under pressure. And this shit... Go spraying everywhere not the liquid but the fumes and i'm freaking out thinking oh god because i was supposed to do this before i kicked on the pump so i was like what happens if somebody comes here and doesn't see that i or sees that i didn't have my proper lockout tag out i'm gonna get fired and uh so i stood there (laughs) breathed this shit in while i threw on my lockout tag out to make it look like i'd done it properly and uh yeah finished the job up the rest of the day it was a 13 and a half, 14 hour day. I worked in that crap all day. Got home, cleaned up. Um, didn't get any trouble for it because really it was their fault for not. And it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just missed. It fell through. But uh, so cut to the chase. Go back to work for Chevron. And then so if that was nine, be like three years later, ended up catching or getting uh, cancer. And I mean, it could have been a coincidence is testicular cancer. It's uh, of people, men like 35 and under, 90% of the cases is testicular. So there's a high percentage it was coincidental. You still won't convince me that it didn't have something to do with it because that's some nat. I remember like when they first put me in charge of the amine plant, they were like, don't touch that crap. It is really bad for you. And then (laughs) there's a steam system that runs through the whole plant. And so you'd... Um, you'd siphon that stuff off and it would land out in the secondary containment and you'd have to figure a way to push it towards there's this like trough or sump basically where they can pump it out well as it cools down it gets really gelatinous especially with the oil in it so you could push it with a, a rubber mop or whatever or they had this steam plant there and you heat it back up with the steam and you push it. Well, I did that for like a month and a half. And finally, somebody told me they were like, no, that just evaporates out the pepperzine or pepperdine or whatever. So basically, I was turning that crap into fumes, not knowing it. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it was something that, I mean, I still would have done it because my family, I needed the job. Like, it was rough times there for a little bit. I went from making really good money to hourly. There was, just over half of what I was making. So I probably would have done the same thing, but I don't know. It's definitely, like you said, you were looking for something that significantly affected your life. And I'd say that significantly affected my life. So.